Welcome to the Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart Podcast. I am your host, Karen Litzy, and in today's podcast, I was thrilled to sit down and chat with Dr. Rick Daigle. And Rick is a fellow physical therapist and is also a newbie to the CrossFit world. So in today's episode, we're talking all about CrossFit. Is it the right fit for you? Is it the right exercise for you at this moment in your life? So what we talk about are some of the biggest myths surrounding uh, CrossFit, like you have to be in great shape just to step into a CrossFit box, and CrossFit is a great way to get injured, amongst other myths. We talk about how to find the perfect CrossFit box for you. We go through some very step-by-step questions to ask uh, a potential CrossFit box, and how to decrease your chance of injuries when you're doing uh, CrossFit, when you're at your CrossFit workouts, and and a lot, lot more. And I thank Rick for being so open and honest and talking about the pros and cons of CrossFit, just like there's pros and cons to every exercise program. And I should note that if you're thinking about trying out CrossFit or any exercise program for that matter, be sure to consult either your doctor or your physical therapist before you start. It's a great way to get you off on the right foot. Okay, so a little bit more about Rick Daigle. He is the founder and president of Medical Minds in Motion. He is a graduate of Simmons College in Boston and had the opportunity to do an extended externship at Cincinnati Sports Medicine. And he is an active member of the APTA and is a credentialed APTA clinical instructor. He has worked with a variety of patients and has consulted with numerous collegiate and professional athletes. And he is the creator of kinesiology taping, movement assessments, and corrective exercise strategies. This is a seminar series that is meant to expose clinicians to various taping techniques, movement assessments, and corrective exercise strategies. He is also very active on social media, so if you uh, want to follow him, I suggest following him on Twitter and joining his uh, Facebook group, which is called Physical Therapy Practice Education and Networking, and all of those uh, links that I just mentioned can be found in the show notes for this show, so head on over to podcast.healthywealthysmart.com, and you will get all of the links to easily click. And Rick, which is so, so generous of him, for listeners of this podcast, he is extending 10% off any of Medical Minds in Motion's seminars, which is so nice. And I thank you, thank you very, very much for doing that. All you have to do is go to Medical Minds in Motion, and when you select which course you want to take at checkout, just enter Healthy Pod 10. And again, all of this is going to be in the show notes. So if you missed it, Go on over to podcast.healthywealthysmart.com, click on the show notes, and you'll get uh, the discount that Rick so generously offered. Again, it's uh, Medical Minds in Motion, and go to HealthyPod10, write that in when you check out, and you will get 10% off any of their seminars. So thank you very much to Rick, and also a big thank you to Audible.com, who's sponsoring this uh, this episode. Uh, so if you would like a free month and a free download from Audible, just go to audibletrial.com slash healthy, wealthy, smart, and you can sign up, get your free month, get your free download. They have 180,000 different titles to choose from. 
Right now, I'm sort of vacillating between a couple of different books as I listen as I walk around the city, which is awesome. So again, go to audibletrial.com slash healthy, wealthy, smart. And now let's get to my interview with Dr. Rick Daigle, all about the pros and cons of CrossFit. Hey, Rick, welcome to the podcast. Happy to have you on. Thanks, Karen. I appreciate it. I'm definitely looking forward to, to talking with you for a little while today. Okay. So like I said in the intro, today we're talking about CrossFit. But before we get into that, can you give the listeners a little bit more about you and your background and what you do and um, why you decided to uh, go with CrossFit? So give a little background first. Absolutely. Well, I've been a physical therapist for 10 years now. It's, it's kind of weird to think back and say, well, I graduated in 06 and it's now 2016, but been a PT for, for 10 years, always been in the orthopedic sports medicine side of things. Um, my passion really has always been treating baseball players, throwing athletes. It's just a niche of mine. It's a love of mine. I was never very good at playing baseball, but I just, I'm a baseball nut. Truth be told, diehard Red Sox fan. New Englander, so Red Sox, hey, stop shaking your head. Red Sox, Patriots, Bruins, Celtics across the board. So and I've, I've got the Red Sox B tattooed on my left shoulder blade. So, again, full disclosure. But uh, I, I just I love, you know, I love treating athletes and always have been in that realm. Work with a lot of golfers as well, too. Um, I love the teaching side of things. I love teaching patients, but I also love teaching other clinicians. I've been teaching continuing ed now for about six years, travel all over the country, teaching con ed. Uh, Love doing it. Made a lot of great friends and made a lot of great contacts and learned a ton from all the people that I've taught. And I really feel that when when you teach, it's not just about sharing knowledge, but it's about gaining more knowledge for yourself and and learning. So that's been a, a great part of my career been all over the place, lived in New Jersey for a while, worked in, worked in Manhattan, worked in Rhode Island, I was down in Texas, I was up in North Idaho, directed a physical therapist assistant program for two years up in North Idaho, so I've been on that side of education, and you know, I'm a, I'm a former athlete back in the day, I, I grew up in northern Maine, so skiing, I was a competitive skier all the way through college, spent a lot of time as a patient, um, multiple ACL reconstructions. Uh, my claim to fame is that I, I tore my right ACL, MCL, and both meniscus on February 12, 2000, and then tore my left ACL, MCL, and both meniscus on February 12, 2001. Oh, my goodness. So now is that, do you not ski on February 12th now? It's got to no, be a bad I, day. I stay away. Yeah, yeah. I, I stay away. I just, I sit in my house and I don't go anywhere. <laughs> it's just a bad day for me. But... You know, that's what got me into being a PT was very athletic and then, you know, get going through grad school and get going through, you know, into the profession and, you know, opened up my own practice and have my own continuing ed business and just kind of let myself really get out of shape and and get to a point where I wasn't happy with where I was. You know, I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm French, so I'm not very tall. I'm about 5'8 on a good day. And you know, I got to a point where, you know, I, I hit 200 pounds and I was just not happy and uncomfortable, just didn't like the way that I was feeling. And I always would get myself into a new routine and it just, I, I found it very hard to motivate myself and find something that works for me. And, you know, I've been treating CrossFit athletes for a long time and consulted with many boxes and, you know, got really interested in you know, the community and the competition nature of it and 
you know, I finally said I need to put my money where my mouth is. And if I'm going to continue working with these, you know, with these kinds of athletes and, you know, have credibility, I've got to be able to do the things that they're doing and I've got to understand. And, and really that's where it all came from, where it started. And, you know, it's, you know, being a PT and being, you know, new into the CrossFit world, it's been a, it's been a very interesting experience to say the least. And when did you start uh, training with CrossFit? How long ago? Cause I know you're kind of a newbie, but how long? Yeah, it's been, it's been about three months now. Um, so really very, very new. Um, my wife and I had Cassie, she, she and I and our son had just moved to, to Nashville, Tennessee at the end of January. So we, we literally, you know, she had been doing, you know, some, you know, similar types of, of, of gyms and setups in North Idaho where we were, and we were looking around for some different options. And we, we drove by a CrossFit box, whole strength CrossFit, um, which happens to be like a mile and a half from our house. And she said, well, I'm going to, I'm going to give him a call and, and find out. And she went for her first session and she called me on her way home and said, Oh my God, you're going to love this guy. You know, he's the functional movement screen background. Follows a lot of the same guys that you follow on, you know, on, on social media and he just, he gets it. He was cool to talk to. So I went for, you know, my, you know, quote unquote free week and had a couple sessions and I fell in love with the way that they do things there. And, so it's been three months and, you know, I'm nowhere near my goals now, but, you know, um, you know, I, I, I never like to use weight as a great assessment. It should be how you feel. It should be how you move. It should be quality, but you know, I'm, I'm down to 180. Nice. You know, and, and I feel I've got, and that's not the biggest thing, but it's the energy that I have. It's the fact that I'm able to do, certain movements better that I haven't been able to do in a while because I, I mean, I've got a, I'm an orthopedic nightmare. So, you know, it's nice to say, wow, I actually can do that. Wow. This is helping my golf swing a little bit. So it's, it's been a challenging three months, but it's been a very eye opening three months. And since you started working out uh, more regularly, have you found that the workaholic side of you is more productive or do you, are you now kind of making concessions where maybe instead of doing work, you're working out and, and kind of scheduling things and not, not, I don't mean that in a bad way by any means. Yeah. Um, but do you find that because now you have more energy and you feel better about yourself, do you find that the workaholic side of you feels more productive? Yeah, I think that's an awesome question. And it's a little bit of both of what you said. In a lot of ways, I feel a ton more productive. You know, I'm, I'm getting up earlier in the morning. I'm, you know, not needing as much coffee as I used to need. Um, still plenty of coffee because it's, in my opinion, coffee is the fourth greatest invention known to mankind. I don't drink coffee at all. Oh, you're, you're missing, you know, you're, you're missing out completely. And never, and just, never and have just, had a full cup. Just, and just because I said it's the fourth greatest invention known to mankind. I think number three is duct tape. Number two is bourbon. And number one is bacon. Wow. So that's, that's well, my 
I am. I, I'm with you with the bacon. Bourbon cannot do it. I cannot drink like brown alcohol. I, and I've I tried. No, no, no. I should say I had a mint julep on um, the uh, Derby Day. Okay. So I had a mint julep and it took me two and a half hours to drink it. <laughs> hey, like anything <laughs> else, it's not for everyone. <laughs> nice. Nice. Anyway, go ahead. Anyway, I digress. Yes. Um, and you'll probably notice I tend to get off topic quite frequently. Um, it's the ADD that kicks in. Um, so I think it's a little bit of both. I find myself more productive in, in a lot of ways and feeling better in a lot of ways. But, you know, we've also got a two-year-old. So he's nuts. Love him to death. He's an awesome kid, Keegan. But he's he's wild. So what's been... A bit of a challenge is finding how I can work my schedule going to you know work out and Cassie can work her schedule to go to work out because we're we're both you know we're both going we can't go at the same time because of him so mm -hmm. it's it's been a challenge to figure out schedules you know and she likes to go early in the morning I don't care what time I go so you know she goes early in the morning and then whether I can skip out and, and go to a noon or I can or go to 6.30 p.m. or 4.30, I just I go when I can. But it's, it's been a bit of a challenge to kind of balance everything. But I'm getting better at it. Not where I want to be, not where I need to be, but getting better at it. Yeah, and I think that's a really important point that you just made that um, working out, whether it be CrossFit or whatever you do, also has to fit into your lifestyle mm -hmm. and fit into – uh, to what you can physically do every day. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's important. I, I'm glad that you brought that up. Um, and maybe we'll even talk about that later on when we talk about how to find the right fit or the right box mm -hmm. for you. Um, and part of that might just be when are the classes? Yeah, that's a big part of it. Right? It, yeah, I mean, if you're going to, I mean, we'll get into this more later probably, but a new box is not going to have a ton of options. You know, but the boxes that and I personally like getting on the ground level with with a newer box because of just for a lot of reasons. But you know, you get to a, a larger, more established box, they're going to have classes all the time, so there's more flexibility there. But what's you know, did, and you kind of talking about how you have to make it work with your lifestyle. I travel a ton. I mean, I'm on a plane at least two weekends out of every month, and you know what I've noticed is I I love the the Wattify app that CrossFit has, I'm gone traveling. I can see what the workout of the day is, what the wad is at the gym, and I'll go hop down into the hotel gym and see, okay, how can I use what the hotel gym has to make somewhat of a similar workout, go through my own mobility work. Go through, I mean, now, now, maybe it's a little bit different for me because I'm, you know, I'm a PT and I understand movement and I know how to go through these things versus someone who maybe is a, is a layman to, you know, to movement. But you know, I, I like having that, that, you know, that app that I can see, okay, this is what Ryan, you know, programmed for the workout today. All right, I've got to modify it a little bit because the hotel gym doesn't have X, Y, and Z, but, you know, I'll modify it and, and at least get a somewhat sort of close to workout in. Right. So you, it's like your make it work moment. Like they say on Project Runway, which probably no one listening to this is watching Project Runway, but Tim Gunn is always like, make it work, make it work. So, you know, you kind of have to have your make it work movement uh, moment. I, I will say I've never watched Project Runway, but I do know who Tim Gunn is. Okay. Every, but, yeah. I, but I've never watched it. It's okay if you did. I, 
I would admit it, but I haven't. Okay. It's okay if you did. Okay. So we have a better idea of kind of where you're coming from and where you're at right now with CrossFit. So now let's get into uh, some misconceptions. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of misconceptions of CrossFit. Uh, and, and of course, no one exercise program is everything to everyone. So we'll certainly keep that in mind. So some of the biggest misconceptions that I hear, and I should say that I've never taken a CrossFit class. I'll just, full disclosure, I'm just throwing that out there. But um, big, one big misconception is that you have to be in really good shape in order to start CrossFit. To even go to a class, you, always, you already have to be in such good shape. And, and I think that misconception comes from when you see people on YouTube or on social media, like they're always people who are really yeah. kind of jacked and in great shape and it can be a little intimidating. So how, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it's a, it's a very big misconception and you know, you don't have to be in the world's greatest shape to, to go to CrossFit. You know, CrossFit was created to get people off their ass and move. You know, and it's just, it's, it's gotten millions and millions of people moving and doing something more than what they were doing more. So no, you, you don't have to be the world's greatest athlete to do it. And I think, but that also ties into finding the right box, you know, going to a box that understands how to scale movements. You know, if you can't do a pull-up, which I'll I'll be honest, I have a very hard time doing pull-ups. So you know, A, I know how to scale pull-ups, but going to a box that a coach knows how, okay, you're going to do band assisted, or you're going to do ring rows, or you're going to do, you know, you know, something else, knows how to scale it for that person. You know, there are people that go to the box that I work out, work out of that are at a very, very low fitness level. And the coaches there know how to make a workout appropriate for someone at a very basic level or they know how to make a, a program very appropriate for someone at a higher level or even middle of the road somewhere. They, they try to keep their classes small. So there's a bit more of that one-on-one attention, but yeah, if you find the right box, it's, you don't need to be in excellent shape. It's just a matter of starting somewhere and then improving from there. And that somewhere can be wherever you're at. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. That's a good one. Misconception number two, and this kind of ties into something you just said, was um, that there's not enough supervision. So how could one person watch the form of 20 people? Yeah. Again, I think that's another great one. And, and, And what I will say, you know, a lot of, I don't know if you've ever you know, seen me voice my opinion in on social media behind. Um, I firmly believe most professions have a lot more um, issues than good. Um, it's like anything. There are great PTs. There are horrible PTs. There are great chiros. There are horrible. There are great lawyers. There are horrible lawyers. You're, there are going to be great CrossFit boxes, and then there are going to be bad CrossFit boxes. Just like, just like there are PT clinics that are mills that see 20, 25, 30 patients a day for a therapist. I mean, we know there's no quality happening there. There are going to be boxes that have way too many, you know, clients and people per class. So it happens. But 
from my experience, and now maybe my experience isn't as much as someone else, but the boxes that I've consulted with, the ones that I've been in, the ones that I work out of, they keep their class sizes small and, and try to break up their classes so there are, like, every week, four nights a week, the 6.30 class is a basics class. So it's a basics, it's a beginner level class, you know, higher, you know, higher level members can go to that class, but they're a little bit on their own because the coaches want to focus their time on the new people and the ones that really need the coaching and, and really need the skills. So, you know, I, I think, yeah, you're going to run into some boxes that, yeah, how can you really monitor 20 some odd people to one coach? That's very hard. Unless you've got 20 people who have perfect movement, which then again, what's perfect movement? Um, so, Good point. <laughs> we don't want to get into that. That's a whole other thing, but yeah. Yes. Um, so, so I think, yeah, I think it's nothing. I think, I think it's a misconception in some ways, but not a misconception in other ways. Um, is there like one-on-one? -on -one? So let's say I've never taken CrossFit and I want to start going to some classes. Can you have like a private one-on-one -on -one with a CrossFit coach that can take you through exactly what the form should be, what it feels like, and, mm -hmm. you know, is that, does that exist? It, it does exist, and that's, you know, again, it, it's very box-dependent. Mm -hmm. um, the nice thing about CrossFit is, yeah, they, you know, when, when you open up a CrossFit box, they have certain things that, that CrossFit wants you to do when you open up a box, but the owners and the coaches can kind of go whatever direction they want to go. And yeah, the box that I go to, he offers one-on-one -on -one sessions. Absolutely. Um, so it's just a matter of finding a box mm -hmm. that does offer that. I'm sure now if you get to, you know, like a, a, a big box that is, you know, they've got classes every hour on the hour, you're probably going to have a little bit more of a challenge finding some of that one-on-one -on -one time. Um, and then from what I've seen, most of the one-on-one -on -one is, you know, it's a little bit more, you know, cost prohibitive. You're going to pay a little bit more for that one-on-one. -on -one. Mm -hmm, sure. For a lot of people, it's going to be worth it. Right. right. So I, I think, it, yeah, there's that option, but probably not every box. Got it. Okay. Misconception number three. Um, CrossFit is a great way to get injured. <laughs> you, know, you always oh, hear like, how's yeah. that? CrossFit, CrossFit. Cross so it's a great way to get injured. We could go on this topic for hours if we wanted to. I've got all uh, night. Yeah, I, same here. I'm an hour behind you, so I've got even more time. Um, my, you know, okay, listen, we could, we could go the whole direction and we could, we could talk about, you know, we could talk about pain if you wanted to, um, but that would be a whole other topic with, with regarding pain science and, and understanding that pain is an output and whatnot. But it's, it's a, what people need to understand is that when you do have discomfort, that's your body's way of saying, hey, something's not right here. It, it's a signal, and I think people need to understand that pain doesn't necessarily mean something is damaged, but it might be that red flag that maybe I need to back off. And I, and I think a lot of people don't understand how to listen to those subtle signals that maybe what I'm doing I need to find a different way to do it. Yeah. Then you can get into, you know, the overuse, repetitive stress, you know, injuries and whatnot. You know, too much of anything is a bad thing. You know, it's, it's all about moderation. So I think where we've seen most of the injuries coming from are coming from the people that, at two levels, you know, kind of two layers deep, people who 
don't listen and don't listen to their coaches and just no, I want to be able I want to be able to do a full snatch and get that overhead deep squat, even though they have no T spine mobility and their arms are coming way forward. They don't care that the quality sucks. They just want to be able to do it. So you got people who don't want to listen to their coach who's trying to tell them that you're not ready for this. You can't do this yet. And then, you know, also too, you've got the other side where you, you're probably going to have some coaches who just, you know, push you and push you to do as many as you can, no matter how bad the form gets. So you're going to see injuries because it's just the nature of the beast. But CrossFit itself, when done right and done appropriately, is not going to, in my opinion, cause more injuries than anything else someone might be able to do. It's all about doing things at the level that you are capable of doing it at and understanding the regression and the progression. And it goes to having a coach who understands regressions and progressions and understands that everybody is going to move a little bit differently. You know, I just a little bit off topic. My, my wife is very tall. She's got extremely long legs. Her squat mechanics are very different than my squat mechanics because, you know, again, I'm French. I've got short legs. So how she gets coached on a squat is going to be different than how I get coached on a squat because we've got different femur length. We've got different torso length. So having someone who understands that, okay, there is not one perfect way of doing it. We're going to modify it for this person. That's where you're going to see a whole lot more of the injury prevention side of things happening. So I, I just kind of spat out a, a ton of stuff in like 65 different directions, but it's like anything else, you know, too much of one thing. Yeah. You're going to see injury rates rise. And if you're doing stuff that your body isn't ready for, you're going to see that. So it's, it's a matter of finding the right place for you. And, and I, and I think, I think CrossFit has gotten a bad rap because of a few bad eggs. You know, it's like any, it's like anything else. You know, I, I see PTs getting a bad rap all the time because of a few bad eggs. I see Cairo's getting a bad rap because of a few bad eggs. You know, it's like anything else, but it's such a hot topic right now. Mm -hmm. And it's still CrossFit is still new. You know, it's, it's not like it's been around for thousands of years. You know, it's, it's a it's in its infancy still so it's a hot topic and people are talking about it and when people have a hot topic and talk about someone something a lot i think the bad gets accentuated in a lot of ways more than the good yeah which is normal i think normal societal things yeah um but now is there or might there be a culture within crossfit or within certain boxes that people are not likely to speak up when they're feeling pain. Do you know what I mean? Like the, the, the go, 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 the push, the you see everyone else doing everything, so you want to be kind of keeping up with the group. So might there be a, an issue with speaking up? And again, I, I'm sure this is totally dependent on the coach and the box and things like that, but might it be a little intimidating? Yeah, I, I mean, listen, CrossFit is not for everyone. You know, and just like uh, you, you kind of alluded to it, there's no one perfect mode of exercise. There's no, the fact that people are moving and they're doing something. Mm -hmm. So the, the competitive nature of CrossFit, I love that personally. I need that. I mean, it's, it's funny, you know, my, my wife will go in the morning and I'll check what she did and 
you know, I try as hard as I can to beat what she did in the afternoon. And most of the time I don't. Um, and that is what it is. But it's just, I, I love that. I enjoy that. It, it makes it makes me tick and it keeps me going. That's not for everyone. And, and that competitive side of things, I definitely could see how it might be intimidating to some people. And you're right. It does become dependent on the box and the coach to, you know, during that introductory period, being very, very clear and say, if you can't do something or if it hurts or if there's something wrong or you don't feel right, say something, do something, we will modify it. You know, so I think you have a, a good coach and a good box understands that you're going to see less of those issues. And, and I'll be honest, the ones that I've been into, you know, I've only been into ones that have a, a really good foundation of coaches. So I haven't, I haven't been into one of those big, massive, you know, boxes that, you know, has tons and tons of people. I, so I can't really speak to that. Mm -hmm. But the ones that I've been in, you know, they're very clear and open with people right at the beginning of, you know, this is a two-way street. As a coach, I'm going to do everything I can possibly do to get you to your goals, but you need to be, as an athlete, you need to be honest with me. And if if you've got an injury, you know, say something. That way we can modify. Or if you've got a, something that, you know, you can't do, you know, say something so we can modify, speak up. That's okay. So I think breeding that culture of, hey, everyone's at a different level. You got to speak up. But also, too – it's pretty easy to tell if someone if something's bugging them or they can't do something a good coach or you don't even have to be a good coach you can see it in the way that they're moving you can see it in their facial expressions so you know in, in my experience especially the box that I go to whole strength CrossFit in, in Nashville um, the, the two owners Ryan and Michelle Stemper are, are, are fantastic that and I've noticed they're constantly watching people's faces and more often than not, you know, I've seen Ryan and hey, Ryan's come up to me and has said, okay, stop what you're doing. We're going to scale this back one, you know, one step because I was just getting to a point where getting fatigued, quality was starting to, you know, take a nosedive. All right, stop. Let's scale a little bit. But very consistently, he's doing that to a lot of their athletes. So, you know, I, I think it really, again, goes back to the coach and, and the actual box you're a part of. Sure, but, sure. But the athlete has to, and I, and I say athlete, if you can walk, you're an athlete. I mean, walking is considered an athletic movement. So anyone who goes into a CrossFit gym is going to be an athlete. So I think it also, it, there's the onus on the athlete to take ownership of what their body is telling them to. Yeah, agreed. And, and, you know, we say the same thing in physical therapy, right? Yeah. If we're doing something and you're not comfortable, and I always say too, if you're apprehensive about something, I say this a lot to patients and I wonder if it could, if it would work kind of in the CrossFit world as well. Like if, if they're saying, Oh, I want you to do an overhead something or other, and you're feeling apprehensive about it. Let's say like I have a bum shoulder. I'm like, Oh, I, I you know, very, I, I don't think I want to do that. You know, do you voice that? Do you voice the apprehension or do you just do it? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think, know. yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, it's all about communication and it's all about setting the stage and setting the tone so people feel comfortable telling you that. And, you know, whether there's apprehension or not, if, if you don't feel comfortable doing something, you're probably not going to do it correctly. 
So, you know, I think it's, it's all about that. It's like the same, you know, when I first see a patient on day one, I set the expectation that, you know, I can only do so much. You've, you've got to meet me halfway and be honest with me. And the same thing goes with when you're working out with a, with a coach or at a CrossFit box is, you know, you've got to set those expectations from day one that, yeah, I'm going to help you with your goals, but you've got to meet me halfway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, and I have one final misconception and that is, is CrossFit too sort of bro you know, you know what I mean? Like, like, yeah, yeah, that's the best way to describe it. Is, is it like a too bro of a, um, of a culture? Yeah. You know what? I, I think it's a, it's a great question and I don't think you could have worded it any better. Um, and the word bro just makes me laugh for one. Um, I don't think it's a real word, but it's not, but Hey, you just made one up. Yeah, so call, call Webster and see if you can get it. <laughs> um, I think it has potential to, to be too bro but I think, again, I feel like I'm going back to the same answer. It depends on the box. It depends on the gym that you're at. The, the gym that I'm at is not bro at all. It couldn't, I mean, it couldn't be anything further from that. But yeah, are you going to run into some boxes that do have that feeling and, act, you know, mentality? Yeah, I mean... Absolutely. Um, so that's why not every box is right for every person. And that's why not every person is right for CrossFit. So I don't think it's as an entire piece too bro But I think because, I mean, listen, everyone sees CrossFit on ESPN. Yeah. And I, I mean, and, and those, those, those guys and those women are in ridiculous shape. Yes. I mean, they are ridiculous physical specimens. Uh, you know, and you know, there are a couple guys that work out at the CrossFit box that I work out that are just in amazing, amazing shape. They're they're not quote unquote broy, but you know, I I look at some of the stuff they do, and I and I just say, I I will never be able to do that, but it's fun to watch. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. So, but I I think it's it's got that potential to be too broy, but I think a lot of it is because. You, like you said earlier, you see all the videos on YouTube and you, you see things on ESPN and you see that, that upper 0.25% of CrossFit athletes. You know, if you walk into most CrossFit boxes anywhere in the world, you are going to see a mix of people at a very, very low level, your typical run-of-the-mill, in decent shape, looking to get better, and you're going to have that, that little bit of upper echelon. You know, so I think it's it's finding the right time. It's finding the right box, but I don't think it's too bro That's, that's my opinion, but maybe I'm a little bit biased because the, the boxes that I've worked with as a PT and helped out and the box that I work out in now, it couldn't be further from that. So I might be a little bit biased, but I can see why people have that, you know, kind of, you know, idea. That's what CrossFit mm-hmm. is. Yeah. The misconception. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, sure. I mean, you know, you only know, you don't know what you don't know, right? So all you yeah. know is what is in front of you and what it, what you're seeing on a, on a more regular basis. Okay. So I think those are some pretty good explanations of some of the misconceptions. And we'll kind of circle back to that in, in a little bit. I was kind of writing everything down. Um, now, 
I feel like we covered a lot of the good and the bad, just like any other uh, exercise, any yeah. other any other uh, exercise regime. But did we miss anything on? Let's talk about what's. Let's start out with what's good about CrossFit, in your opinion, as a newbie. It, let's say you were talking to me, who's never gone. Well, you are talking to me, who's never gone. <laughs> what would you say? How would you? describe the good parts of CrossFit to me? Yeah, the, to me, the, the good part and what I love most about it is the variability. You know, you're not always going in and doing strength, 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 strength. There's, there's mobility. There's strength work. There's cardio work. There's a combination of strength and cardio work. There's, you know, different, you know, yes, there's bar work. There's kettlebell work. There's body weight work it's never repetitive from and that's and that's where i think a lot of people fizzle out in their fitness programs is it becomes repetitive and it becomes boring crossfit is not boring i mean i don't think anyone has ever used the word boring and crossfit in the same sentence so i love the variability and i love the the programming and it takes a really good coach to understand programming of you know how to combine the cardio aspect with the strength aspect with the mobility aspect of things and using the different tools whether it's you know some sort of resistance band or it's kettlebell i love kettlebells personally i'm you know full disclaimer i i think kettlebells are are my single favorite exercise tool period um but and then you've got your barbells and then you know you've got all the different tools you can use but it's not using the same tools every day so you're you're getting a lot of that variability um you know you've got days where there's a strength focus you've got days where your workouts are you know the the, the metcons or metabolic conditioning you know it's based off of time you're going to do x y and z this many rounds through or scale it to you know x y and z minus this this many times through and you and you do it for time there are also workouts where it's you know you know you're you're doing it you're doing a workout for 12 minutes a workout for 18 minutes mm -hmm. and it's it's you know so there's a lot of variability and there's sometimes there's a hard cut and sometimes there's you just do as many as you can in you know you you, you go through a certain you know, workout and you take however long you need to take at it. Mm -hmm. So it's just, it's a lot of variability, which that's one of the biggest things that's been good for me is because I get bored very, very easily. You know, if I'm not constantly stimulated, I fizzle out. And I know that about myself. Mm -hmm. So the variability has been key for me. And I think as humans, we, we, you know, we crave that variability, you know, because we tend to do the same thing in our daily lives over and over and over again. Someone goes to work and they sit at a computer all day long. You know, a surgeon goes to work and they bend over this one direction, you know, cutting someone's, you know, knee open or, you know, chest open. They're doing mm -hmm. the same thing over and over and over and over again. So our bodies crave that variability that we don't get on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah. And that, which makes sense to me. And now that, you know, you, you're sort of talking about combining those different workouts. I actually did do a CrossFit workout once, but it wasn't like at a CrossFit box. I was like at the shore. Okay. Um, 
the Jersey Shore for people who don't know what it means to be at the shore. Um, and we actually used like a, a kid's, um, I was with a coach and we used a, like a jungle gym. Yeah. And it was just an 18 minute workout in like the hot blazing sun of August at mm -hmm. the shore. And I will say I could not move the next day. I was like the tin man. It was not, yeah, well, it was not a good feeling. I mean, no, I mean, it was a good feeling, yeah. but like at the same time, I was like, Ooh. Well, yeah. And that's, and that's the other thing of, and I think, you know, you understand this and, and get it as a medical professional and I get it too. And that's also where a good coach explains to someone that's new, Hey, you're going to be doing things that are going to make you sore. You're going to feel like you did something. That's a good thing. Don't let that, you know, discourage you. You know, maybe you can't do this every day right now, but you're going to build up to that and your body's going to accommodate to it. So, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a great feeling, but some people don't like that feeling. I mean, I don't like it, but no. I like it. I mean, I don't know anybody who really likes it. Um, no, okay. So, really? Oh, God. Yeah. Um, I mean, I like it in that I feel like I've gotten a good workout, mm -hmm. um, but I don't like it in the fact that like it, it's like tough to go down the stairs and stuff. Yeah, you know, I, I agree. That's not cool. I don't like that. I agree. Um, yeah. Anyway, so variability, good. Any other good parts? What about the camaraderie of the people yeah. there? I mean, you always hear like that that's a good part of it. Absolutely love it. I mean, it, the camaraderie is fantastic. You know, when, when you've got a workout that, you know, is you're doing X, Y, and Z, however long it takes you to do it, however long it takes you to do it especially the box that I'm at, when someone finishes early, they're getting in and, you know, cheering on the other people and, and helping them out. You know, yesterday's workout wasn't, was it yesterday or the day before? The day before his workout wasn't necessarily, you know, crazy. It was, you know, 21 reps of kettlebell swing, 21 reps of uh, a power hang clean, um, then 50 sit-ups. And then 15 reps of the kettlebells, 15 reps of the hang cleans, then 50 sit-ups, then nine reps, and then finish with 50 sit-ups. You know, myself and one of the other guys finished, you know, fairly, not, I don't want to say quickly, but we finished, we're one of the first couple finishers. And what we did, and well, the, the other guy was the, was the coach, he and I went and hopped on the ground and finished the sit-ups with the last group that was finishing up. So we just kind of did it together. Even though we had finished the workout, we got back and did it with them just to give that little bit of motivation and say, hey, we're here with you. We've got your back. So the, the camaraderie is, is fantastic because you know there's competition, but everyone is there to just make their lives better and get in better shape. So everyone helps someone else out. And I know if I'm struggling through a workout, you know, having someone who finished a few minutes before me you know, you know, kind of stand there and, and, and give me some motivation and kind of, you know, I love the yelling and screaming. It makes me happy. It gets me motivated. Um, I love that part of it. And I think a lot of people enjoy that as well. So I think that's a huge, huge positive of the, of the CrossFit community. Great. So we've got some goods. How about some bads? Some, some bads and, you know, I'm going to go from a physical therapist standpoint and mm -hmm. you know, a lover of movement standpoint. There's not enough rotation. There's not enough movements in my opinion that incorporate 
good rotational complexes. Now, again, different boxes are going to program, you know, more, you know, more transverse plane motion into their workouts and, and whatnot. Um, and that's actually something I've been been working with, with with the box that I'm at, going through a lot of rotational mobility drills. Actually, I, I did a talk for the for the box a couple weeks ago, talking about the power of the T spine and just improving extension and rotation. So I don't I don't think there's enough in the programming that focuses on the transverse plane. I mean, we move in three different planes, of you course. know, and 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 a lot of the a lot of the Olympic lifts that happen in CrossFit, you know, the, the snatches, the cleans, the deadlifts, you know, the, the squats, they're, they're sagittal plane movements, you know, so there's a lot of sagittal plane, there's some frontal and there's some transverse. So I think it's a little bit too heavy on the sagittal mm -hmm. side of things, but that's also when you then find a good box that can incorporate some of those other just as important movements in, into their workout and whatnot. So, I think that's I think that's one con, and I don't know if you have any any thoughts or or whatnot or anyone. No, 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 no. Um, that that's definitely the one big con that sticks out to me, and you know I, I think an, another one that that probably sticks out. You know I think we've we've talked about it. It's you know if if you don't like that, you know constant loudness and energy and and whatnot, it, it, it's not going to be the right fit for you. So I think there's been a bit of a bad rap because people try CrossFit that it's not, they're not the right person to try CrossFit. So I think they just, they, CrossFit takes in anyone and everyone who wants to come in, which I think is, in a, is a good thing and also a bad thing. You know, I think there needs to be, okay, this is your personality. This is what your goals are. Maybe this isn't the right setting for you you know so i think that might be another one of the cons mm -hmm. okay so a couple of goods a couple of bads um how about how does all of this translate over into what we do every day you know because again i, I feel like i've said this in the last couple of podcasts but talking about you know exercise being functional being mm -hmm. functional for what you do every day so how does CrossFit and how do these workouts translate into daily activities? Yeah, I think it's a, I think, you know, you and I both as PTs, you know, we've been, and a lot of the people that are listening to this podcast are medical professionals, you know, know and understand that we're trying to, with our patients, develop exercises and develop routines that are going to help them with what their goals and limitations are. You know, just simply speaking, everybody needs to squat. Agreed. You have to get down onto a toilet, you have to squat. Mm -hmm. so right then and there, you know, understanding and improving the squat mechanics are going to help that getting, you know, down to a chair, up out of a chair, getting onto a toilet, you know, the, the overhead type stuff, you know, the, the being able to push and to pull and to, you know, lift things up off the floor, you know, it, it may not be, in, in my opinion, that, you know, a full snatch is necessarily going to translate to something quote unquote functional, but and really then we can get into the discussion of what really does functional mean. Um, but components of that are going to be important, but the strength you get from that, the mobility that you get from that, I think is what's going to translate into kind of that typical day-to-day -day movement. And I, I think improving mobility, I think improving the ability to control force, is what's going to help and what I think CrossFit does 
to help people with their day-to-day activity. And, and then the variability. You know, I, I think it's that, you know, we're not just sitting there in front of a mirror doing bicep curls. You know, I think in America, we're a very, you know, and I got to take this this quote from a good friend of mine, Mitch Hauschild. I got to give him credit for it. We're a mirror-dominated society. Everyone likes to work the things you can look at in the mirror. Work your abs. Work your pecs. Work your biceps. Work your quads. You know, what about the posterior chain? What about the stuff you can't see? You know, completely critical. So I think the variability that focuses on, you know, not just one specific movement, I think that's a, that's a big key for me with how it translates into to day-to-day function. And that's really, you know, how I treat patients with, you know, the idea of, of you know, variability and how I develop their exercise programs and, and how I'm using my manual therapy because that's what's going to translate in, into their, their body understanding where we're trying to go. Yeah, and what about the understanding – oh, so I should be closer. What about the understanding of – sort of load acceptance and how much load one person can accept versus another person um, as far as soft tissue structures within the body. I mean, are these, like, this is obviously something that I would think about given I'm a PT, but what about like the layman who's just sort of trusting that this is the right load for them? How much thought goes into how much load is given to each person dependent on their skill and ability level? Yeah, uh, and I and I think the exact same way. I think we're you and I are thinking the exact same way on this. And and again, I'm going to go back to the answer I've given like 30 times today. It depends on the box. You know, the box that I go to, you are not allowed to put any load onto a bar until you've got good control of the bar. You've got good consistent movement. You're not fatiguing out. You're not compensating. And then it's it's a slow kind of building of, okay, we're going to add this little bit of load. We're going to add a little bit more. So it's not just, hey, let's see if you can do a front squat with 150 pounds. It's, okay, you're going to do a, an air squat until you've got a perfect air squat. Then you're going to do the front squat with a 15-pound training bar. Then you're going to do a front squat with, you know, the 35-pound bar. Then you're going to do a front squat with the, with the full 45-pound bar. So it's a matter of, in my opinion, having a box that starts you off with an unloaded movement first. And when that person is able to, you know, and when the nervous system is ready to handle load is the key. When the person can groove the movement and they feel consistent with the movement and they can do it without thinking, that's when you start to add a little bit of load. And it's not going from zero to 60 in 3.5 seconds. And that's where you, when you find a good box, they understand that, hey, if someone can't put 150 pounds on a squat, okay, we're we're not going to start there. So we're going to start at a very, very basic level and at least assess, you know, you know, someone like myself, who's a PT and understands movement. What I like about what, what Ryan has done with me is, you know, the first couple weeks I was there, he said, I know you understand this, but I want you to show it to me first. So he didn't let me just go in and put load because I know what I'm doing, or I like to think I know what I'm doing. Um, he made me show it to him first that I could do it properly unloaded. So I had to earn the right. Just like with patients, you've got to earn the right to add load to a movement. You've got to, you've got to kill the movement first. You've got to know it. You've got to own it without any load. 
So it's the good box that's going to take that philosophy. And you, you get into the, you know, not so good where they just put load on people. That's where injuries happen. Okay. So we've talked around this subject for a little bit, but let's talk about shopping for a box. So you're a newbie. So, you know, three months into it, let's say we want to give some good, helpful tips for people who have never done CrossFit and who kind of want to look for the best fit for them. Now, I 100% realize that in smaller towns, more rural areas, there aren't many choices. Mm-hmm. I 100% get that. But I'm just going to kind of read off a list of kind of what we've been saying, and then we can go into a little bit further. So um, if you're looking to find the right fit or the right box for you, some helpful tips can be, um, you want to go to a box that understands understands how to scale the load, which is what we just said, Mm -hmm. Um, has classes that fit your schedule, obviously. Um, I think that gives you the option of a one-on-one session before you start. I think that's huge. I even say that to people before they take a yoga class, take a one-on-one session with a yoga instructor so that you can feel what things are supposed to be like. Um, Looking for the right coach to client ratio, right? You don't want to have one coach with 50 people in it. Um, Have the right coaches. And I don't, really know what it takes to become a CrossFit coach. I don't know all the training that goes into that. Um, maybe that's something, I don't know if you know that, but we can yeah. talk about it. And there are, um, there are different levels of, of yeah. you have to be at least a level one CrossFit, you know, certified coach to be able to coach. So there, there is a certification process to, you can't just do it and say you're a CrossFit coach right. without going through their training. Right. Um, and then finally, uh, or not finally, but uh, looking for a box where communication is encouraged, mm-hmm. um, where communication is a two-way street. I think where people are asking, how do you feel today, I think is important versus just jumping right into things. Um, and, what was it? and convenience, obviously. Um, so let's talk about, can you interview quote unquote a crossfit box can you go around and and kind of as if you were you know interviewing for a job can you interview a crossfit box yeah i mean yeah i mean there are people that come into the box that we work out of all the time just and talk to you know ryan or michelle and 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 they'll let them come in to the basics class for free and try it out i mean i'm sure not every box is going to do that it's Mm -hmm. a specificity of the box but um yeah, I mean, you want to. I I would suggest to people if you can go in, if they give you an option to take a free class or a free basic class, you take it, and you go to a couple different places and find one that's the best fit for you. You know, I always say look for a CrossFit box that offers a basics class. You know, if they don't offer one-on-one, they have to at least offer a basics class. But I think asking about the one-on-one is is very very important. Um, but having that basics class is, is really, really critical. And the other question I would suggest people to ask is, and, and maybe I'm a little bit biased because I'm a PT, um, you know, ask, do you have a physical therapist and or a chiropractor that you work with that, you know, you know, you can kind of have that communication between, you know, training and medical professionals. 
Um, I think that's also a good question to ask, you know, because when they do have that relationship, the person can know and trust that, okay, if I've got an issue and I'm now having pain, this CrossFit coach is going to know, okay, that is outside of what their scope is. I can just refer to, you know, Rick, who understands CrossFit and is also a medical professional, or Joe, who's a CrossFit, you know, person and a medical professional. So that relationship, I think, is, is very, very important. I think you nailed it with the communication, and I think the basics class is critical. And is it sort of frowned upon to ask what their injury rates are? Like, do, do, um, is, that, is that something that's, I don't even know if that's data that's even kept. But I, I don't think, think it's. I think that would be really interesting if they, if, if somehow CrossFit boxes were sort of rated. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because maybe that can give you some insight. And, and, or, I mean, listen, injury rates can be just bad luck or what yeah. have you. But if you have one that's kind of low and another one that's off the charts, could that mean that maybe the coach to client ratio is a little, is, is a little low? Could it mean they're not, I don't know. I, I think it could mean, I think it could mean, it could a, mean lot a lot of things. things. Uh, yeah. I would, I would ask the question at the very least, what is your protocol if someone gets hurt? That's a good question. What's your, what happens if, you know, I'm not planning on getting hurt, but I'd like to know what your protocol is if someone gets hurt, you know, and maybe I'm, I ask that question because I'm a medical professional and I'm, I'm just, it's kind of ingrained into me. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think that would be a good question to ask of, Hey, what do you, what do you do if someone gets hurt here? Um, I think it'd be very hard to, I mean, I don't, Hey, if someone wants to ask them, Hey, what are your injury rates? Um, some people might take that as a, you know, slap across the face and some exactly. might like, yeah. that's a great question. Um, so I think it's all a matter of, of what the personality is, but I don't think they'll have that data. I just would say, what's your protocol if someone gets hurt? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. Very good question. Um, have we missed anything as far as what you really need to look for? As a person who's never taken CrossFit and you're shopping around, um, again, it's uh, look for a box that scales its load. Uh, yeah. Look for a box that either offers uh, basics classes or one-on-one, -on -one, basic classes or one-on-one. -on -one. Um, do you work with a medical professional? What is your protocol for injury? What is your class size? What yeah. is, when are your class times? What is the coach-to-client ratio? And what is communication? What is your communication style here? I think those are all really good. I think that's a great think list. Of anything else? I think, I think those are the good ones. Those are the big ones. Yeah. Uh, and it's, you get those answers and it's, it's a matter of you need to be comfortable with where you're going. If you're not comfortable, you're not going to buy into it. Mm -hmm. So I think you need to find a place that, you know what, this person's personality jives with me. Yeah. You know, I think that's, that's also huge. Yeah. But that's I, a good point. Yeah. You nailed it. Yeah, and like, do you get a good feeling about the place? I think, you know, everybody has that gut feeling, and, and a lot of times it's right, you know? Yeah, I agree. Oh, so yeah. I think you have to listen to your gut. Um, and let's talk about things that people can think of or can be aware of. Let's say when they're doing CrossFit, if, if they're to kind of decrease the chance of injury. 
How about that? So let's look at it. Let's take our, let's put our PT hats on now. Yep. And what are some things that people can do to decrease their chance of injury? And, and this is, can probably go for any workout. I, I don't yep. think this is CrossFit specific, but. I, I think two big things stick out to me. Um, having a good consistent mobility program where you're just you're making yourself a bit more pliable you're just you're working on movement you're working on you know dynamic flexibility you're preparing the tissues you're not just hey jumping right in and and doing a bunch of load you've got a good warm-up you've got a good dynamic flexibility program focusing on in, in my i mean in my opinion and some people agree with me and some don't you know, the, the upper cervical spine, the thoracic spine, the hips, the ankle, and the great toe are areas that a lot of people have mobility limitations in. And those are areas that need to be highly mobile. So focusing on those areas of, of immobility from a, a good kind of consistent mobility program, I think is critical to, to injury prevention. And I, I think a lot of, most people, they can't move their T-spine. I mean, we, we sit in horrible posture, we round forward, we have a lack of extension, a lack of rotation. And I think that just, that just breeds us to compensate and to develop overuse issues and, and whatnot. So I think having a good consistent mobility program is, is probably the biggest thing for me. Um, but equally as important is, and I tell this to patients all the time, listen to your body. If your body doesn't want you to do something, oh well, then modify it and figure out how you can do a quality movement in a little bit of a different manner. So I think the, the biggest things for injury prevention are having a good, consistent mobility program and listening to your body. Your body will tell you when it's not ready to do something. And, and I think also being able to accept that feedback from your body, yeah. being able to accept it and almost have the humility to say, you know something, this doesn't feel right. Or I'm actually having some pain, not some yeah. discomfort of working out, but a sharp pain, yep. a consistent pain that's there every single time I do this one movement or every single time. I think those are kind of um, sort of red flags for you to say, you know something, maybe this Maybe I need to take the load off. Maybe I need to shorten the range. Maybe I need to go back to doing some mobility drills during this specific part of, it doesn't mean that you stand there and do nothing, Correct. you know, but maybe it means that you take a step back. And I think having the wherewithal within yourself to be able to accept that and having the humility to accept that and say, listen, I, I think, you know, my body is telling me this and so I'm going to listen. And I, I think that's the hard part. It's, it's a, it is extremely difficult. I struggle with it. I think everyone struggles. Everybody with it. struggles with everyone it. Everyone does. You, you just got to get to a point where you just groove that into your brain and you got to mm -hmm. listen to your body. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think on that note, we're kind of running a little low on time, but um, before we sign off here, I would love for you, if you can, to kind of give your high points of the talk as if it were, you know, like your elevator speech, kind of. Yeah. How would you sort of condense down what we just said and, and leave people with some parting thoughts, if you will? You know, I think it's, it's about 
getting people moving. You know, we, we live in a society that doesn't move enough. We live in a society that stays very, very stationary. And I think CrossFit is a great avenue to get people moving and to get people off their duff and doing something different, doing something that can be exciting and improving their quality of life. And I, I think, I think the biggest thing is I don't care what you do for an exercise program. It's a matter of finding something that works best for you. And for me, CrossFit is what works best for me. And, and I'm having a blast with it. So I think that's the biggest thing, the take home point from today. I think finding a box that is right for you and finding a coach that understands movement is absolutely critical. You know, ask questions, you know, be critical of the person, you know, interview them. If you're going to be paying them to go work out at their facility, I want to know that they know what they're doing. I want to know that they're, you know, furthering their education. What are they doing to better themselves? You know, what are they doing to better themselves to then help me in, in the answer? So, you know, find a place that works best for you. I mean, get off the couch, move, do something, you know, and find a place that's, that kind of jives with your personality, that jives with your goals, and then understands the regressions and understands, okay, everyone is going to progress at a different rate. Yeah, absolutely. Very well said. And before we jump off the call um, or the podcast, I don't know why I said a call. Um, before we jump off, is there anything that you have coming up that you want people to know about? No, I appreciate that. Shameless um, plug time. Shameless Feel free. I, I, I love shameless plugs. Um, I, I, I own a continuing ed company, Medical Minds in Motion. Um, we've been in business for three years. We do continuing ed seminars all over the country for PTs, OTs, athletic trainers, chiropractors. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure you're going to, I'm sure you'll, you'll put up for everyone the website and whatnot. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, but, and, and I've got a, a, a coupon code that I'll, that I'll give you for anyone who listens to this. Um, awesome. Thank you. Get, you know, take, get a discount on a course. Um, I've been really pushing hard teaching my instrument assisted soft tissue mobilization courses and the, the difference between the courses that I teach are they're not specific to a tool or a tool set that's out there. You can use a butter knife if you want. You can use, use a spoon. You can use a spoon or a reflex hammer. I don't care. And we take a very, very neurologic approach to treatment from a manual therapy standpoint. There's a lot more supporting evidence behind the neural response versus the, the you know, the mechanical response. Um, we could have a very long discussion on that. Um, you know, less is more when it comes to it. You don't need to bruise people. It's you don't, and that's not your goal. So we teach a less is more approach, uh, a very, you know, nervous system centric approach to our tool courses and our tool courses combine tools for improving mobility, movement to groove the new mobility. And we, do, and we do a lot of taping strategies from a proprioceptive standpoint just to give people feedback of, hey, this is what I'm supposed to be focusing on when I'm doing this movement. So really take that, that combination approach. And um, I love teaching the course. And like I said, it's not specific to a tool or tool set, which I think is what sets us apart, really. Excellent. And if people want to find out more about you, 
Uh, where can they do that? Uh, they can find out medicalmindsinmotion.com. Right. Um, our WordPress site is where I, I do my blog, which I'm not extremely consistent with it. I need to be better about it. But oh, join the club. Yeah, it's where I like to ruffle feathers. I like uh -huh. to get on my soapbox about things. It's medicalmindsinmotion.wordpress.com. Uh, Facebook, just you know, find me, Rick Daigle, on Facebook, the Medical Minds in Motion page. Um, my Twitter handle is MedMindsMotion, and then also my, you know, at Rick Daigle, I think PT, I think, I forget my Twitter handle, um, but I'll, you'll, you'll post all that. Yeah, up we'll post it all. Whatnot. But um, also too, you know, I, I started a networking group on Facebook, um, physical therapy, practice education, networking. Um, we're up to about, I think, 7,500 people now in, in the Facebook group. And there's no self-promotion. We, we try to keep it as respectful as possible. Um, you know, myself and the other admins got a very, you know, quick ban thumb if we need to kick someone out of the group for, for being inappropriate or unprofessional. Um, I know we've, we've had a discussion about a few people on there and whatnot, but it's a great, great networking group for bouncing ideas off other clinicians on difficult cases. Yeah. Um, so have at it, join that group, but that's enough shameless plugs from, for me. I think. All right. That's fine. And, and I'll do one shameless, two shameless plugs. One is you can follow me on Twitter at Karen Litzy NYC. Um, and if you are listening to this and you haven't subscribed to the podcast, I suggest you head over to iTunes, hit the subscribe button and subscribe. We've got a lot of great uh, past episodes and a lot of fun episodes coming up. So um, if you haven't subscribed, you can do that on iTunes, Stitcher, uh, SoundCloud and Google, Google, I think, I don't know, Google music or something like that. Google know. podcasts. I don't know. It go. it's there. I know Google it's there. It. If you Google it, you can figure out what it is. If you Google, if I Google it, you can figure this, this is what happens when you're a one woman show, you know, yep. you kind of like forget everything that you do all the time. And, but I know I did it. So it's up there. Um, so Rick, thank you so much for coming on. This was great. And I, I, my hope is that people who haven't taken CrossFit before can use some of these mm -hmm. suggestions and advice that you gave to find what's right for them. I agree with you. And I, I had a blast too. And, and I couldn't agree with what you just said anymore. That's perfect. Awesome. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Um, have a great week and stay healthy, wealthy, and smart.